0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This episode is part of my US road trip series where I travel through several states competing at the Houston World's Barbecue Championships and learning as much about barbecue as possible. The trip starts in Texas before going across to Louisiana and then up into Arkansas. It was a hell of a trip and I'm so excited to be able to share it with you. Before we get into it, I want to invite you to come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. It's a great place to continue the conversation. Also, make sure you get your free copy of my ebook, 27 Lessons Learned from Competition Barbecue. Jump on over to smokinghotconfessions.com/ebooks to get your copy now. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please make sure you subscribe, rate and review. This will really help me spread that barbecue love. Let's get into it, folks. For our final episode recorded live at the World's Barbecue Championships, I hit the pavement to catch some interesting conversations with some interesting characters. Now, this was a long festival. We arrived to start set up on the Wednesday and it was all done and dusted on the Saturday night. So, as you can imagine, the longer I spent hanging out with people, the more I learned about them. I was also able to network with a lot of new people, which led to some of the upcoming episodes later in the series. And I even managed to catch up with my buddy, Chris, who first invited me to the World's Barbecue Championships three years ago. Check it out.
1: This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession?
0: Make no mistake, beef is king. Ask any competitor on the circuit and the trophy they want most of all is the brisket. And you won't find better brisket than Black Angus Reserve. Black Angus Reserve is the leading brisket brand in Australia and it's easy to see why. It's verified Black Angus which has been grain fed for a minimum of 150 days with a deliciously high marbling content. These briskets are so good that Black Angus Reserve are willing to put their money where their mouth is. They sponsor multiple grand champion winning team, Manning Valley Natural Smokers, who've won many trophies using their briskets. Not just that, but Manning Valley took these briskets to the world's barbecue championships in Houston and took out second place. In the world. To get yours, hit up their Black Angus Reserve page on Facebook now. Folks, I'm very excited. I've been wandering around, and I've managed to track down Craig Verhaga from the Barbecue Ninja. Now, he's a great fan of Australia. He's right into his Australian barbecue scene. He's a member of a whole bunch of
2: groups over there,
0: and he's here, and he's going to have a few words with me now. How you going today, Craig? I'm
2: ah, doing great, Ben, man. I tell you, this is uh, this is a wonderful event here in Houston, and I uh, came here for the first time last year and and just totally blown away by the the, the, the cookers, the the... the the structures here I mean they just do everything bigger in Texas
0: you're absolutely right I am just blown away by the differences in say we're, we're looking at a Hawaiian themed um, you know and that's just the competition tent now at, at home we have three by three or three by six meter just little marquees that is insane like this is what would how long would you say that is
2: uh, you know, in in yards, which we, we speak for here, I did learn the difference, you know, our system is you, you do the metric, and uh, that, that's probably, you know, 40 yards long, 30 to 40 yards long, and these booths here are just enormous. I mean, they, 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 they have a lot of good sponsors here, and they do everything big here, and, and this is just a great event to come out and, and to enjoy, for sure. Beautiful. So tell me what you're up to today. Uh we got a hog cooking on the uh, old Hickory CTODW. Um, we we gonna we're gonna serve it tonight at six o'clock. Uh, we we prepped that hog yesterday, probably about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. We got it on about six o'clock last night. So we're cooking these hogs. They're about 170 pound hogs. We're cooking them for you know right at 24 hours. So uh, that's what we're gonna serve tonight. And we served another one last night. So uh, we did the same thing. We served the one uh, last night, running style. Uh, it's just more of a it it looks like it's running Um, and we do that it's it's they had a big party in here and it's a lot of that's for the shock and awe of a whole hog sitting up on that table looking like it's running at the people when they come through the door you know the first thing they do is come through the door and they see that hog and they stop and they're like oh my gosh you know and and then they got to take pictures and they see it and and actually the one we got on there right now uh, it's a cavity up hog Um, it's laid open um, and you know we're just cooking it a different style to show the versatility of this old hickory pit and, uh, and it, it'll have more bark because the, the, the hams will be exposed, the front shoulders shoulders will be exposed, and the ribs and everything else, so that's what we're doing for tonight.
0: Mate, that sounds fantastic. Now, whole hog is a category that's just come in recently in the last sort of 12 months or so in Australia. What tips would you have for Australian listeners that are looking at uh, getting into some whole hog stuff?
2: Uh, well, you know, it, it, it's gonna be uh, getting the right pit and it's gonna be also, you know, figuring out what style of hog you wanna cook and um, and in being consistent with it, you know, and uh, uh, don't cook it long, too long and don't cook it too short. You know, a hog is, with the fat content on it, it does hold well, but you gotta get the loins moist, you gotta get the tenderloins moist, along with the hand. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to have, get right at the right time. So, uh, just be patient with it, don't push it.
0: That's beautiful, now, who are you tipping who's gonna uh, take this out this weekend?
2: i tell you what, that with the new format of it where every team having to cook chicken, you know, every team having to cook uh, uh, brisket and rib, and it's a cumulative of the three, um, I'm going to put my money on uh, smoking hot smart fires. <laughs> That's who I'm putting my that 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 I've already uh, I've called Vegas smoking hot, hot smart fires taking this. Ah, well, thank you very much for your time,
0: mate, and uh, trust me, I got my fingers crossed for that too. Yeah,
2: thanks, I enjoyed it, and, and uh, uh, good luck to y'all.
0: Folks, I am super excited. I'm standing here with Martin Gonzalez from the Hospitality Committee, and he has just told me the most amazing stories, and I'm going to get him to uh, just to tell us a bit more about it again now. So first of all, mate, welcome to the show. Welcome to Smoking Hot Confessions, and how are you enjoying the festival?
3: Oh, excellent. I love it every year. I've been doing this for years. How many years have you been doing it for? In a committee, I've been doing it for almost 15 years, but I live here in Houston, so I, I come to the rodeo or barbecue golf every year. Uh, horse mentality of course I've been doing the stuff with helping the people bring their horses in for the shows and uh, we, we have a committee of 50 people that me and of course my buddy Chuck is, has his pit here cook for uh, 50 people 8 hours a day and then our, after our 3 days of committee work we enjoy the shows because we as committee members get in to go to the show with the guests free
0: Mate, that's fantastic. So you cook three meals a day for three days for 50 people?
3: Yes, yes, it's, it's exciting. It's, we uh, do collection before the, the rodeo starts, and we probably do about, I want to say, from four to 500 pounds of meat in three days to help you know feed all our committee members as they work for their eight-hour shifts.
0: Mate, that's amazing, that's that's uh, truly some some good work that you're doing there. So, the hospitality community, what does the hospitality community,
3: what are they responsible for here? Our, commi- our committee supports all the exhibitors that come in with their trailers and horses, most, a lot of them come in from out of state, uh, d- definitely out of town, but out of state, and they've traveled a long way, so we're pretty much the first line of who they meet when we get here. So we do the vet paper check-ins for their horses, make sure their trailers are checked in, and then we do a stall assignment. And then we have a tractor drivers go to their, their trailer, unload all their equipment, so all they have to do is walk their horse in, and we take their trailer to their stall. And they do their exhibit, they check out, fin- finish their show, and then we go back, they tell us where they're at, and we go get their equipment, take it back to their trailer, once they bring the trailer in. Mate, that's
0: fascinating. So, throughout the, the duration of this festival, how many horses are we
3: talking about? Well, it depends on what show it is. They have different shows on horse shows, and this is not part of the rodeo, it's part of the arena, back in the back over here, which right now they have the cutting horses going. They have a, one called the Ranch Rodeo, they have the Junior Barrel Ration. They have one that's called the Ride and Shoot. The, the Ranch Rodeo is extremely fun to watch, to, to see how these guys actually work in a ranch to either vaccinate or brand their cattle. In our team, we have a 1,000 people because our horse mentality starts from the very beginning of the show and work 24 hours. So we have three shifts every day, working 24 hours a day during the whole rodeo shows. It...
0: Mate, that sounds amazing. Now, i just got to pick up on something that you said before. You mentioned a ride and shoot. Okay. Now we don't we, we don't have a whole lot of guns in Australia, so for us that's that's a pretty wild concept. What's that all about?
3: They have uh these little the, these guns that are kind of mimic a a forty five, but it shoots out little pellets, and they have little balloons on stands. So they go through uh, certain optical courses, and they have two six gun shooters, and they'll shoot the balloons as they're riding. Switch guns, come back to the same course, and shoot those balloons out on a timing scale. They have to, they try to do the best time without missing a balloon while they're going through there it's it's really interesting to watch
0: mate that's amazing that just sounds like a
3: like a like a literally a cowboy show yes it is definitely definitely a cowboy show the guns are loud enough to get your attention when you're in there but they, there's nothing that's going to hurt the audience or nothing that's going to hurt anybody close by it really it's really made to just shoot that balloon out it's 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 really fun to watch it, to see how these people have these horses trained not to be startled by the, the guns and speed time on their horses going through the obstacle courses. They set different obstacle courses up for every different event for the ride and shoot.
0: Mate, I gotta go check that out. Now, something else you mentioned before that I wanted to ask you about was um, you mentioned some of the community involvement that uh, work that you do with um, scholarships and whatnot through this
3: organization. Can you tell me a bit about that? The, the whole rodeo is based on raising scholarship funds for kids going to college uh, every year that we raise enough to i don't know, i can't tell you the number of people they send out but it's over 27 million a year that's donated for scholarship funds after you apply some people don't know that it's even out there some people by word of mouth figure it out get their scholarships and get to go to school if they don't have the money to hit, go to college you know
0: that is an absolutely incredible story, mate. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for, for filling me in on it all.
3: Not a problem. Anytime. I'm glad you all are here, and I hope you all have a good show. Uh, good luck tomorrow on your barbecue. Thank you very much.
2: Hey, this is Stan Hayes with Operation Barbecue Relief, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions.
0: There's a famous Australian song that says, from little things, big things grow. And that's certainly true for Morgan, the wizard behind wild smoke barbecue seasoning. Born and raised in the farming areas of the Brisbane Valley with parents who raised him to uphold the true paddock to plate philosophy, it all started with his mother's recipe for how to make bacon. The Wild Smoke online shop now sports almost a dozen products including two very exciting new rubs developed in conjunction with Top 20 barbecue competition team, the Smoke and Hot Bros. It's a two-parter, there's the Bulldust Rub which is a purpose-designed competition brisket rub and Vinegar X, a finishing dust which is an Australian first. I've tried them and they are exceptional. To get your hands on some of these masterpieces, head on over to wildsmoke.com.au. That's wild with a Y. -Y W-Y-L-D-S-M-O-K-E.com.au. Hey, folks, it's Saturday morning and I'm. it is Saturday morning, yes, <laughs> I'm losing track of time. It's Saturday morning, we're getting ready for all our final hand-ins. We've got uh, chicken coming up and then pork ribs and then brisket, but I've managed to uh, sneak a couple of minutes here with uh, Morgan Lundin from the Swedish team and he is his team name is uh, Lingon and Dill. How are you doing this morning, mate?
4: It's good, I'm good, a little bit tired, uh, but it's fine. And how's the Texas hospitality? Oh, they're awesome, that's the best I've ever experienced, It's really, really good. Have you had much of a chance to get around the festival here and have a look at the different sites? Uh, not really, because uh, we try to focus on the, on the competition and, and the products that we got here, we're not kind of used to them in Sweden. We can't get the, uh, the St. Louis cut on the ribs, so we had to practice with that for a while. Ah, fair enough. What, what's your most common cut of ribs in Sweden? It's the baby back, uh, the baby back ribs, it's the only cut we can get. And uh, as I heard here uh, from uh, a lot of the volunteers that nobody ever won with a baby back rib.
0: In that case, I'm glad we switched from baby backs to St. Louis as well, because we, <laughs> we had bought a whole bunch of baby backs and then we switched them out for St. Louis just on a gut feeling.
4: Oh, well, that's what I was told that nobody ever, ever won this competition with a baby back. And they also didn't allow it for one year. Uh, so we did a good choice then. Yeah, fascinating. So, what's the barbecue scene like in, in Sweden? Is it a big scene? It's not that big, but it's uh, it's growing. Uh, it's like five years ago w- that we uh, got a barbecue association in Sweden. And ever since, there's been a Swedish championship every year. So, uh, from 2013 up to now, it's, uh, well, it's growing. The scene is growing. And did you need to qualify in one of those competitions to get the place here in the international village? Uh, the thing, w- what we did was that we won the Swedish championships. And uh, because of that, the Swedish Barbecue Association, they gave us some money to go to the World Championships in Ireland. And we got two gold medals in uh, Homeland Cooking and one in desserts. And uh, this barbecue association here in United States, they were reaching out to to get some more international teams. So we got recommended that way. Fantastic. What's what's Homeland Cooking? Homeland Cooking is a freestyle uh, category where you're allowed to do uh, like a dish from your home country. And we did uh, a, a venison uh, with lots of nice uh, vegetables and stuff so we, uh, and a nice uh, uh, whiskey, whiskey sauce with it. But uh, the competition here is uh, so different from the competition in, in uh, Sweden and, and Europe, because here they don't use any vegetables or anything, but we do, we do that in Sweden and Europe. So it's a bit different. Right, so you actually put the vegetables in the box with your hand in? Yeah, we do that, um, usually in Sweden and uh, also in the, the different countries in Europe, you have a side dish, so, uh, and usually you don't know what, it's, uh, what, it, what it is, so you get a secret box with vegetables from the, from the well, uh, the, the ones who arrange the competition, and then they say, okay, with the, with the pork shoulder, we want to have corn as a side dish, and then you can do whatever you want to do with the corn. Some uh, just do the cob corn on the cob, and some make like uh, maybe a stew with corn and stuff like that. So it's different kind of side dishes that we do with the food.
0: That sounds amazing. I I wish we did more of that in Australia. So um, you did very well in uh, in the dessert dish yesterday. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what you did for that? Uh,
4: well, we did uh, uh a chocolate sponge, well was so, m- more like a mud cake, uh, chocolate mud cake, so it was very creamy and then we also caramelized uh, bananas with, uh, with sugar and we put some uh, uh, rum in it and then out of that we made like a cream that we filled this uh, chocolate mud cake with and then we also piped some uh, uh, salted uh, toffee into it and then we covered it with uh, well, like a chocolate glaze on top of that because well in United States we thought like okay, Make it big, make it sweet. <laughs> so that's what we did.
0: Yeah, that sounds incredible. I saw some photos of it, it just looked amazing.
4: Now you came, was it third overall I think? No, we, we, uh, we are, uh, we, we haven't, uh, they haven't told us that yet. So it's today at 6.30 or 7.00, we, we will know if we're th- third, second or first with it. But we're top three with it, with that dessert. So uh, yeah, it's very exciting because we, we could actually go home with the, with the first place.
0: Wouldn't that be incredible, mate? 250 teams and just to be in the top three even, that that's a fantastic achievement. So is that something that's a regular on your restaurant menu
4: back home? No, we. Uh, what we did was we did some research before we, we came here, what the other teams have been doing all these years. And it's been a lot of uh, pecan pies, uh, cheesecakes and stuff like that. So we thought, okay, let's do something completely different that they've never seen before. So we, we wanted it to be, well, to stand out from what we thought everybody else was going to. Hand in. So that was the plan.
0: You've obviously done exactly that, mate, so well done. Now, of the three remaining hand ins today pork, chicken, and brisket what's your favourite?
4: Uh, we we practised a lot on the, on the ribs, uh, so we are really happy with the, uh, what we've been practising on. So we, we hope that's our biggest hope that we will do good on that one. Well, mate,
0: I got my fingers crossed for you, and I'll, uh, I'll see you later on in the day.
4: Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Hey folks, we're getting to the pointy end now of, uh, of the competition. We are, uh, it's, what time is it now? It is uh, half past five. The awards are being announced at six o'clock. So I'm running around, I'm interviewing the last couple of people. There's a pair of nice big ice trucks that are just pulled up here right next to me. So I was about to chat to these two lovely fellas. So I'm talking to uh, Todd and John from Half Fast Cookers. How's the competition been to you, fellas?
5: Uh, we've had a great time out here today. We got here about uh, six o'clock this morning. We were here till about uh, 2 o'clock in the morning last night, and uh, we were having a great time uh, doing all the cooking. So did you actually leave for those four hours, or did you just sleep here? Yeah, I, I took a cab home because I can't drive drunk. Slept for three hours, came back, and started all over again this morning.
0: And how about you, John? How'd you go? Well, we got
6: our briskets on at midnight and put them on a smoker that would run them until about 6, 7 in the morning. And then when the next crew came in, they pulled them off and did the next stage for us. So we kind of tag teamed the briskets this morning.
0: Fantastic. Now, I understand a lot of teams here um, have been here for a really long time. So how long has Half-Fast Cook has been here? 1978.
5: That's exactly right. So the, a lot of the guys that run the Half-Fast Crew today, their dads actually started this thing back in the 70s. So there's a lot of history here, a lot of friends that have been together for years and years. Wow, so that's, that's
0: 40 years of history for the, uh, for the Houston uh, Livestock Rodeo competition. That's incredible. So what sort of track record do you have in those 40 years?
6: Well, we're pretty much just here to drink, and uh, if we can win something, God willing, we're going to show up and do our best, but it's mostly for the beer.
5: So as a team, we've only been cooking with these guys for about seven years now, and over those seven years, uh, the best we've done is ninth-place chicken, and uh, we've we've into the top ten over. I mean, not the yeah the top ten overall that same year. We got the ninth place chicken. So today, that's our best representation so far. Well, mate, out of two hundred and fifty odd teams, that's a hell of an effort. We were very pleased for that effort, and uh, we we're all celebrated a lot that night. I have no doubt at all. No doubt at all. So, of the three
0: hand-ins that we've uh, done today, what do you reckon has been your, your star? Well, I
6: think our ribs are number 1 and I think our chicken is number 2. The brisket, we had some uh, technical issues with the the process of the brisket, but I think it's going to it's going to be in the middle of the pack, but I think our our ribs are ringers this year.
5: That's great to hear. So, what do you think Texan judges are looking for in ribs? Well, the Texas judges are looking for is something that catches their eye. Like you said, 250 teams We would typically not cook ribs the way we cook for the competition because we want that one bite to really stand out. So we'll spice it up a little bit more, go a little sweet, a little savory, have a nice pretty glaze on it for a presentation. And we really feel like that's the goal that we're trying to achieve to to catch that judge's eye.
0: I love it. So do you go uh, like a particular Memphis style of rib? Because in Australia we have very set ideas on what on what style is what. So do you go for a bit of a Memphis style or is there a particular Texas style to a rib? Well, there's definitely a Texas style to a rib. Uh, although
6: I don't think we're competing in a Texas style. The, the, again, it's a challenge. It's a challenge in the competitions to stand out with one bite. So if, if I move back to our brisket, a Texas brisket is a very simple product. It is salt and pepper cooked over oak, You know, for an hour and a half or an hour and a quarter uh, per pound. Um, And then you slice it and serve it with a savory sauce, not a very sweet sauce. That's not going to win competitions. These briskets out here, they're being injected, they're being soaked in crown, they're being um, put through things that nobody would put them through because we have one shot to impress somebody with one bite on any of these items that are turned in. So, I think it's hard to call a style on anything so much just because of, of what we're having to do to make the
0: entries the stand out. Mate, that's awesome. So one of the things that we do in Australia that we didn't have to do here for this competition, which uh, personally was a great relief, was uh, we usually have to prepare a bed of parsley for the box to present the meat on. What do you think of that as a presentation
5: idea? Well, you know, there, there are many cook-offs within the Texas area that require a presentation aspect of the box itself parsley different uh, different decorations around the box this particular show in general has none of that the I think that the most crazy thing you can do here is put tinfoil in your box if I'm not if I'm not mistaken yes, and it, can't hang. it can't hang out of the box a very specific amount of tinfoil so when it comes to presentation in the box here you you have to it just has to be clean it has to look nice, and, and it looks are a fairly small part of the overall aspect of the judging here. I think it's only like five points if I'm not mistaken. So they're looking for is tenderness, taste, and smell as the more important aspects of what it is. The, really the more purest style. How does the brisket taste? How does the ribs smell? How does that chicken, is it tender? Is it juicy? Those kind of things are what they're really looking for.
0: That's really interesting that they include smell. Are you able to tell me the breakdown of the points allocated for that? Well, I think it's
6: I, th- I think that it's 10 points on everything except for looks, and looks is 5 points. But they want, it to, they want it to look like barbecue, so they want it to look like it's been on the smoke. They want it to smell like barbecue. They want to know that this hasn't been cooked in. You know, a lot of these cookers these days are very... Um, they're very industrial cookers. You know, it's not just being cooked over logs and stuff. They're using charcoal and electric burners, and and there's a lot of tricks that are going in. And even one of the judges we talked to this evening said that of all of the things that she judged, she didn't have anything that wasn't good or great. And that that the level of the game has stepped up so much. And so. You know, with all of the technology that's going into barbecue these days, they want it to still taste like barbecue, to still look like barbecue, to still be juicy and unctuous and flavorful and to, to portray a, a clean barbecue, which is why they don't really want to uh, anybody to mess around with uh, parsley beds or onions, beds of onions or lettuce or anything. That's all superfluous and it doesn't really affect what barbecue was really about, and that is just the flavor. Like, barbecue is not a pretty plate of food, but it is a beautiful plate of food.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to see you up on the stage very shortly. Thank
5: you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on the clock. I'm on the countdown to the presentation awards, and I've managed to track down my good buddy Chris from Slow Cookers at a Play. Chris is actually the guy that first ever told me about this competition three years ago. He, co- he reached out to me on Facebook and he said, mate, you've got to come to this competition. It's taken me three years to get here, but I've finally made it. Mate, it's so good to finally meet you in person.
7: It's nice to meet you. I'm glad you finally made it down here. It's uh, it been a long three years. So I've been joking with the wife, telling her I was big in Australia. She didn't believe me. And now, see, we got some facts. Exactly, mate. Yeah, we're, we're family now. So uh, yeah, so how long have you been coming here to the festival? This is the 16th year that I've been cooking. It's the sixth year I've had my own team.
0: Long time. Yeah, definitely. I can tell that you've uh, got a great setup here. Can you, can you
7: explain what goes into creating a setup like this? Uh, first thing, a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. But we start, the competition gets our official notice in about September, October every year. Uh, we actually start planning in May. Uh, for the next year and then continue through to collect sponsors to pay for all of this and then the guys are out every week uh, for two or three weeks straight lining up we've got 12 other team members that help us to do the labor and I've got a couple guys that'll cook at night and then one or two of us that do all the competition cooking
0: Wow so just to fill the listeners in you actually cook like almost like catering and you cook for the competition. So what's actually
7: happening in your giant tent here? The big difference, a regular comp- competition, we'll just cook for the judges and maybe family. For this, I'm gonna serve 600 people and we're a small tent out here. So we'll serve 600 people plus the competition meat. So nine kilograms, I don't know what that is, but in about 1,200, we'll do about 1,200 to 1,500 pounds of meat, uh, two pallets of beer, a uh, couple cases of wine, and for us, we think that's crazy. And we've got one spot, some of these teams are six. So I can't imagine what they're doing. Yeah, I had a bit of a
0: walk around last night and things were, things were definitely swinging. So what is the big difference then between the
7: food that you serve for caterers and the food that you're serving for the judges? So the food for the caterers is the basic same recipe, but the one difference is we, we really don't baby the meat like you would a competition. So the brisket is still the same basic dry rub and it's still the same basic presentation, but when the smoker's got 40 briskets in it instead of two, you just don't get to get the presentation, and it's probably the big reason competition cooks make poor restaurant restauranteers, and restauranteers make poor competition cooks because it's just a different animal. Very much so, yeah, yeah.
0: So, if we're talking Texas barbecue, Uh, What would be your,
7: like, how do you approach chicken, for example? If at Texas barbecue we approach chicken, the first thing we do is shake our head. It's not beef. But in general, the uh, chicken, uh, I'll tell you, it's my worst meat. I struggle with it. I discovered long ago that it's easy to do uh, chicken, to cook it to be good it's very difficult to cook it to be great for competition. So for that, we struggle with chicken. Is there a particular style to Texas chicken as opposed to, say, a Memphis chicken? I think all te- all Texas barbecue is peppery. So it's especially here down in the southeast, you've got a lot of Cajun influence uh, down here. So there's a lot of cayenne in it. It's a little bit peppery. It's not as sweet, uh, not as mustardy, not as much mustard in it. So... And you'll find that in most of all the meats, even our brisket and, uh, uh, of course, the beef. will all have a pepper rub to it. Mate, fantastic. Now, I can hear that there's uh, people
0: calling you out and I can see the crowd lining up, so I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm going to say thanks very much and I will catch up with you again before I go home. All right, good man.
1: You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. It's sacrilegious.
0: There's no arguing that low and slow barbecue is the hottest thing on the foodie scene right now. And if you've just opened up a new barbecue business or are thinking of doing so, you better listen up. Word of mouth can sink your fledgling barbecue empire before you've had a chance to get the last brisket out of the smoker. Serve bad barbecue within the barbecue community and the whole scene is going to hear about it. You need a coach, a mentor, someone with competition barbecue, commercial kitchen, and catering experience. You need Pitmaster Linda from Pits Perfect Barbecue. Linda can help you with everything to do with smoking meat and more, such as menu options, advertising, minimizing wastage, pairing flavors, and even wood selection. Australia-wide, if you've got all the gear and no idea, reach out to Linda on her website at pitsperfectbbq.com. That's P-I-T-S. PerfectBBQ.com.
8: Welcome. One of the things that makes me the most proud to be involved in the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is the fact that we publicly acknowledge and give praise and glory to our Father and Creator. So, gentlemen, if you will, remove your hats. It's my privilege to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being here with us this evening. Thank you for your just your your uh, cover of uh, protection as we've been here throughout the week. Father, we just uh, we thank you for coming in Jesus over 2,000 years ago to just uh, love us, guide us, teach us, accept us as your children, and most of all, forgive us of our sins so that we can live you forever. Father, we ask that you watch over our soldiers and sailors that are around the world that are away from their families to protect our freedom that you comfort their families while they're gone and keep them safe. We ask that you watch over our first responders as they go out each and every day to keep us safe. We ask that you bless our show leadership and just bless them with your grace and wisdom and inspiration to be able to just continue the work with the youth of Texas. We ask that you inspire us so that we can be a shining light for others to know you. Father, we just ask that we're always a blessing to others in your name and we're good stewards and good servants for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, if you keep your hats off for a second, we're gonna present our color guard, which will be followed by our national anthem, which is being sung by Lori Saint-Pay
5: Whitfield.
9: Fires. From Ireland, My meat Wagon. Woo! From Japan, Barbecue Shogun. Woo! From Sweden, Lincoln and Dell Barbecue Team. Woo! From the United Kingdom, British Bulldog Barbecue. And also for the UK, Red's True Barbecue. As many of you know, we had reciprocity agreements with several of the cooks around the country competing here in our champions' corner this year. The 2017 World Championship Barbecue Grand Champion, Iowa Smoky D's Barbecue, the American Royal Grand Champion, Porky Butts Barbecue. Barbecue Austin, Double Barrel Cookers. Jack Daniels, Rocky Top Barbecue. And the San Antonio Barbecue Grand Champion, Buckshot Barbecue. So as you can tell, we are truly becoming a World Championship Barbecue
1: contest.
9: Earlier today, we handed out banners trophies, especially judging. I'd like to recognize those teams. The runner-up, most colorful team, Over the Hill game. Most colorful team, Floyd Morrow and Larkin. The runner-up, most unique pit, Clifton Chevy Cookers. Most unique pit, Pit Boss. Go Texan runner-up most colorful, Oasis County. Go Texan most colorful team, Red Iron Cookers. Runner-up cleanest team area, Floyd, Morrow and Larkin. Cleanest team area, Houston first. Runner-up best team skit, Bad Girls Gone Wild. And best team skit, Brazos County. And now the winners of our Dutch Oven Dessert Contest. This is an event that we started about nine years ago. This year we had 173 participants. And the winners of the Dutch Oven Contest are third place, Smoking Stokers. Second place, Dutch Oven Dessert, Comcast Business. Now the champion of the Dutch Oven Dessert Contest, Lincoln and Dill Barbecue Team. in the rodeo world championship barbecue finals. Yeah. Starting with chicken. Third place chicken. San Patricio County Go Texas. I Nice Manning Valley Natural Smokers! up here. Jasper County.
0: family thanks for stopping by i'm sure you learned as much here as i did make sure you subscribe rate and review and until next time take care of each other and keep on queuing
1: thanks for listening to the smoking hot confessions podcast head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes tips and ben's own confessions